115 Miles is back with another episode. And today we go deep on Jordan Henderson, what that means for allyship, and does anybody ever really stand for anything anymore? Make yourself comfortable, because this is about to get uncomfortable. This is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya. We hope you're sitting comfortably because this is about to get uncomfortable. Yeah? All right, cool. Some some dude that I did a podcast with or met, he's like, have you ever been in there? I went in there today, banging. Anyway, Hass, we're back, mate. The first episode of the term. School term. Is that what we call it? The saison. The saison returns. What season are we? I don't know, mate. Would you count a season as every time we have a break in August? Yeah, I'd say but so. We've had little random breaks everywhere, yeah. here and everywhere. Yeah. Season four. <laughs> season four, five, I would say. Do you reckon? Yeah. How are you, mate? You look very um, relaxed, like you've had a good summer. <laughs> know, is that a compliment? Yes, mate. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. Good. Yeah, really good summer, man. Had a, uh, a, few, a few breaks this summer. I think we recorded after my... First holiday, but yeah. Had a, do you had a um, do you feel rusty podcast wise? Well, I was just, I wasn't, and then it's been a little while. But yeah, we'll get into the groove pretty soon. We'll do get you into, feel rusty a little bit, mate. A little bit, yeah. Because we were like, I realised we were in a proper flow of it was every other week and it smashing them out, just growing, just getting bigger, and then uh, took a break and it feels like we pulled the plug. But I'm back with some amazing questions to kick us off. I today, cannot guys. wait for these questions. So let's do, actually, before we get to the check-ins, uh, sorry, the questions, let's do a proper check-in. I'm going to start with you. And I don't want you to say I'm all right. I don't want you to say I'm well refreshed after <laughs> summer. Give me some juice, yeah? Yeah. With your check-in. Yeah. So how are you feeling, mate? I'm all right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Feel refreshed. Uh, um... Genuine. That was shit banter, by the way. Well, Sorry, carry on. It was brilliant, I thought. <laughs> carry on. Um, I would say... What would I say? I would say I feel... I don't feel that refreshed, actually. Like, I feel like it's very busy at the moment. So okay. There's a lot going on, on multiple fronts, lots of plate spinning, and it's been a, it was a busy work summer, as well as having some time out. Yeah. So I would say in the moments where... I wanted to pause and refresh. I did, but overall, I'd say I'm feeling pretty busy right now. Okay. Do you want my check-in? Is that where you're going? I was just about to ask you. Yeah. I actually, having all my work stops in August, apart from the project that I'm working on, yeah, which I worked hard on all August. When can you talk about the project? End of the year, mate. Okay. Um, so the deadline is looming for that, but... Um, because I was in the office so much and like a lot of downtime, I'm in a space where I'm just buzzing to be at it again. And literally last week from Monday, I was just straight back in daily, here, there and everywhere. I actually work better. The stuff that I need to get done, I'm better when I'm on the move and I'm like, I've got an hour window here. I've got to smash it out. And I was chatting about it to our good friend Ollie actually yesterday. And I was saying... People talk about that red zone and like don't go into that red zone and all that sort of stuff. My green zone 
as in my flow state, my like peak performance state is just on the edge of that red zone. That's when I work best, man. How when do you know you're going into the red zone? Because uh, I start not enjoying what I'm doing. Are you constantly teetering at the edge of the red zone? No, um, I, yes, but, but um, it doesn't feel like, oh my God, I'm about to implode. It feels brilliant and I fucking love it. I'm in my flow state. I feel great. Um, the red zone is when it starts to be like, fucking, I've got to do this again. I'm up early again. I've got to go and do a talk and I don't want to. That's when I know that I've teetered into the red zone. Otherwise, uh, that, plate, that plate spinning and stuff like that, I'm at my best in that sense. I, I agree, man. I think when I don't have deadlines, I'm useless. Yeah, same, man. But when you've got stuff, like, ex like when you're externally accountable for stuff, I'm way better. Yeah. Do you, do, do, do you, are you good at getting stuff done? Like when you've got a day and you go, I've got to get this stuff done. Or are you, do you procrastinate? If it's the final day. Yeah. Then I'm, I'm, I'll kick in and I'll nail it and I'll yeah. get it done. Yeah. But if it's like, um, right, I've carved the day out here to get that project done that needs to be in in three weeks, but I'm going to get it done now. So I don't, it ain't getting done, mate. Yeah. Like uh, there is no tool trick hack that works for me. Yeah. And people will send me shit after they've listened to this and say, you should really try it. And I probably will try it, but it won't work. Yeah. Do you buy your Christmas presents nice and early or last minute? I don't buy Check presents, out. mate. I'm not involved in that within the household. <laughs> <laughs> What about presents Actually, no. for the person buying the presents? Um, we don't do that. Oh, no presents? Me, Yeah, me and Leah don't yeah, buy yeah, presents. Yeah, don't do presents, are No, no. Um, but I do save every week. I put a bit of money away. It comes straight out of my account every week so that I've got a nice big fund at the end of the year. That's but, not the same thing, though, is it? Um, no. So the answer, to, to answer the question, no, I don't, man. I don't buy them far out if I've got to buy anything. Yeah, because no. every year I say to myself, like a lot of people, like oh, I'm gonna do it nice and early, and then I never do. Nah, Leah does. Leah's already started. It's in her mind already. She's starting to buy shit, so she wouldn't be one of these people that fucking I hate these people that take a picture of the Christmas aisle and go, it's September and the Christmas aisle's up. I'm like, yeah, well that might be annoying, but you know what's more annoying? The fact that you've walked down it and took a picture and then spent time making a fucking LinkedIn post about it. Fucking, if you don't like the Christmas stuff, don't walk down there, mate. No? Or have you done one of them posts? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those people. No, no, I'm, 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 I'm fine to just understand that we're in a marketing machine and we're in the Christmas marketing zone. Yeah, I think it's just inclusive for the people that want to start their Christmas shopping now, no? Inclusive? Yeah. Yeah. That word gets thrown out every fucking opportunity now <laughs> yeah. by good people. I know yeah. I'm a good person, that's... It's debatable. Mate, I'm going to come on to these questions now because I feel like I've, I've posed three. I'm really interested in this first question. Okay. Your child is between the age of five and 10. The reason I've put five and yeah, 10. Yeah, why is such a big range? Because when they're a teenager, you can. it's more like sort of up to them. They need to start, they can play a role in it. I'm saying that they're an age where they come home. Let me read it out and then I'll explain. Your child is between five and 10. They've come home with an invitation for a party. Uh, but they don't really like that person and they said they don't want to go. So what I mean is, is they've given you the invitation. It's your job to RSV, whatever that word is, yeah. And so, and they've said, Dad, I don't really, I'm not, I don't really want to go. Don't really like that person. I'm happy to not go. What do you do? 
So it's, it's interesting, I was thinking about it, because my instant reaction was, well, they're human beings and they've got their own, you know, decision-making ability. And if they choose not to, then don't. But I also think in, in, in those early years, you've got to like, you've got to explore what it is you don't like, right? And that, you know, you, you've, got, you've almost got to go through the, the zone of not feeling comfortable. So it could be that they don't like the kid. It could be they don't like social settings. It could be that they feel a bit left out. Like it's a number of things that- All right, but let's just and, assume they just don't really like the kid. Don't really like them. They're not fun. You know, they're in my class. They annoy me a little bit. Think I, their personality shit is the term that I your five-year-old uses. I would let them stay home and veg out. You would? Yeah, what would you do? No. So the reason I asked the question, yeah, is because my, I, I, I'm a people pleaser, yeah? Yeah. So my initial response is, you've got to go to the party. You can't just not go just because you don't like them. They've been nice enough to invite you. But Leah's straight away like, no, if you don't want to go, I'll just tell them you're not going. <laughs> like, she don't even bat an eyelid, yeah? I, I'll say you're not. And I think that's the correct way. Otherwise, you're breeding people pleasers, aren't you? Yeah. I think a lot of people would make their kid go. If I was a single parent and the decision was down to me, I'd like to think I would get round to the right decision in the end. But my initial reaction was to go, no, you need to go to the party, man. They've invited you. Like, what? How? And I start thinking, really? What, what if they know that you fucking said no because you didn't want to cut? You got to go and sit in a lesson with them on Monday. Yeah, I'm really comfortable saying no to stuff that I don't like. Yeah. What? Well, even in your adult life now, even like. Yeah. Yeah, you are pretty, you're a bit, yeah. You, I'll just you're, like, just say no, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, and I, I, but also, I just think it's not right to force like a miserable moment on your child, something like that. You know, I, I, I give them plenty of miserable moments, you know. Yeah, I can imagine my you own kick doing. them out so that you can watch TV on your own like you do. I do, yeah, I haven't done that for a while, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. You really, you really struggle with that, don't you? What, kicking the kids out of the living room? Yeah. Yeah, man. What was it again? What was I watching? Uh, that police thing. Oh, Line of Duty. <laughs> yeah. If you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they reckon that's coming back, by the way. Side point. Anyway. Yes, man. So, okay, we're agreed on that then. Um, my my people-pleasing tendencies is the wrong way to go on that. Yeah. Don't okay. force someone to hang out with a fucking tool. Yeah. There is something on that, though, right? Because what I learned from that is that I do notice how annoyed I get with people who don't people please when I want to just people please. Say that again. So if I'm like uh, in the company of somebody and somebody asks me to do something and I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna say yes because I don't want to say no because I'm a fucking chronic people pleaser. Yeah. If the person next to me just goes, no, we're not gonna do that. Yeah. I'm like, oh my yeah. God, why are you so fucking rude? Yeah. That's where I go in my head. Rather than reflecting yeah. and seeing my truth that I'm yeah. a people pleaser and they're right, they're yeah. doing, they're right. I immediately go to making them the, yeah. the bad one. Here. I um, I think about my best mate, Jermaine, who's like, what I've always loved about him, he's so independent. Like he, would, like, he will always just dance to his own tune. Like he doesn't, he doesn't like, you know, like, like he doesn't people please for the sake of it, right? Mm. Um, but sometimes it's, it just makes me feel a bit awkward. Like we went, we went to um, have breakfast. This was a few years ago, and he went. He was like, we were looking, we were looking what's there, and there was smoked salmon. And so, I, and he was, and he was like, can can you fry the smoked salmon? And I'm like, it's cooked, man. It's like it's already <laughs> cooked. Like if you're gonna order it, that's it. Like you can't ask them to fry it. You don't fry smoked salmon. And then I was just thinking about like, 
how awkward I was going to feel at my local calf if he was going to ask them. <laughs> Did to he ask fry. No, I made him feel that awkward. That <laughs> he changed his meal. <laughs> so you won't do it to your kids, but you'll do it to your mate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've established that. Yeah. I actually remember it happened once when I very early on knew you. We went out for breakfast somewhere. It was me, you and Mark. Right. And you ordered poached eggs. And when you cut into them, they weren't runny. Oh, and you called the waiter over. <laughs> Did I? And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> he's going to fucking tell him. And you was like, excuse me, like you fucking mug. You went, you disgusting peasant. Go and get the manager. No, you didn't. You just, but you, you said, look, can you, can you sort what it out? What would you do? What, would you have eaten? No, I, genuinely, this is genuine. I'm not blowing smoke at the time because like, this is like five years ago. We, yeah. we really first met. I was like, wow. <laughs> I hope I can be that powerful one day. <laughs> <laughs> but now you send it back, right? Yeah, yeah I would now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've days, grown and evolved as a in person. Those days yeah. you have eaten and I've got a bit more power in egg. my life. You'd have eaten the boiled egg. Yeah, 100%. Mm. 100% I would have, yeah. Do you like a boiled egg, Josh? Do I like a... Boiled egg? Yeah, mate. I, yeah, I eat... I eat what re like, uh, I on eat the scale? two boiled eggs most days. Hard or soft boiled? Um, in, in the middle? No, I want it soft, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I want it soft. But I often get them in a meal deal. A meal so they're deal. just as they come. Sushi, two eggs, and a drink. That's my Tesco's meal deal. Ugh. What? Oh, like you, you buy hard-boiled... You get them in a little pot. Two hard-boiled eggs in a pot. No, mate. Why? I, I have a weird thing about, like, prepackaged eggs. If I'm going to boil it, I want them freshly boiled. Yeah. I, don't want, I don't want chilled fucking boiled eggs that have been sitting in a packet. Fucking this shit's gone to your head, mate. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Next question. Oh, by the way, I think a lot of people might agree with me on that. What, that they wouldn't have them out of a packet? Yeah. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, okay. Right. Um, most influential person in your life, and you're not allowed to pick a famous person. You were just trying to fish for compliments, right? Oh, what well, you're gonna? No, I'm famous. You're not allowed to pick ah! famous person. <laughs> famous in your head. Um, most influential person in my life. Whew, it's a tricky one. I see one. you've done your homework. No, I thought about someone, and I'm going to change it. Ooh, do we get to know who that was that you've binned off last minute? No, I don't think it's fair. <laughs> can I? Can I take two? Can I put two? <laughs> Yeah, all right. You've so, got to order them. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. Um, In no so particular order. I'm going to say outside of family. Yeah, I don't yeah. want family. Yeah, I don't yeah. want something naff like your, uh, like your kids. I'd say um, John and Guy. John and Guy. Okay. Yeah, just because I think... Um, what? So John and Guy are my two business partners. And yeah. um, the way that we sort of support each other and... Um, the way they support me and kind of um, champion me and uh, live with my idiosyncrasies and any idea that I come up with, they're kind of always behind it, behind me and back me. Um, they're always there, stoic, strong, you know, and um, uh, like I, I, I genuinely think about like what makes working, you know, pleasurable and not working for a company. And those two guys are just like, you know, spot on. But also 
you know, the, the way that John's kind of built the brand and what he's doing and his kind of artistic craft is like really inspirational to me. It sort of spurs me to want to do um, better. And with Guy, he's just so um, focused on us, like being a responsible business. And I'm a bit slapdash. Yeah. And he's like, he's always like, you know, keeping us on the straight and narrow. So we're such a unit. And I, so I'd say those two guys. Oh, okay, I love that, mate. Yeah, I like that. How about you? So mine is uh, my drama teacher. Do you know what? Right, I'd love to one day go back and meet him. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna name drop him. It's Mr. Sanderson when I was at school, and I was like a problem to every teacher at school. And don't get me wrong, I went out of my way to be in many cases, but I thought about him. Like he told me he like really wanted me to go to do drama. He like called a meeting with my parents and sort of said, Josh really should follow this. Like really believed in me, installed that belief in myself. I mean, it wasn't enough in the end, ultimately for me to follow it, but really pushed it on me and made me feel like a human being. And there wasn't many adults in my life when I was a kid that did that. That saw you. And yeah, that you. saw me, yeah. He always asked me how football went the weekend. He always knew how I'd got on the previous weekend. He would uh, tell me off when I needed telling off, right? Yeah. He would, uh, you know, if I needed to be in trouble, he, I would be in trouble, but then he would go back to treating me like a human being. And I talk about it regularly that, you know, in my darkest days, I put, like he, you could argue that he sort of saved my life in times because wow. he, he installed enough of a belief in me that, I was and could be a good human, so that in the days when I genuinely believed that I was an awful person, what he had installed in me kept me going. And you know what's interesting, just quickly, he'll, he'll at the moment, as it stands, he got no proper idea of the impact that he had on my life. No, why don't you tell him? Because um, I keep thinking I need to go and find out who he is. So, Maybe I'll make a bit of content with this and start putting it out there. Because there'll be people still around. I don't know, man. I've never like looked down that. He's definitely not at the school anymore. Yeah, I know that much. I think I remember once somebody telling me that he'd moved to Germany. Oh, but I'd go to Germany. You, you ideally should just put a bit of content year. out and then just see if the power of community social media. Can, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I might actually do it. Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, and if he's in Germany, I'll go in June next year. When it's the Euros <laughs> in Germany. Is it? Yeah, he might Is let it? me stay there. I didn't even there. know that, actually. Yeah. yeah. He might let you stay. <laughs> I thought you wouldn't stay at anyone's house. I'd stay at Mr. Sanderson's, mate. <laughs> um, people like Mr. Sanderson's, uh, they're, they're a rarity now, right? And the school system doesn't really allow for that kind of um, care. I think right, the anymore. second bit of what you're saying is true, man. Yeah. I think there's a lot of Mr. Sanderson's. I don't think the system allows them to be yeah. Mr. Sanderson. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think there's a lot in that. And I, I talk about it a lot when I go into schools, you know, and you meet teachers who are Mr. Sanderson, but don't get the opportunity to be because they're, yeah. you know, they're tied, their hands are tied behind their backs with sort of like making sure that they get the lessons right. Do you know what I mean? Maths, make sure everybody's learning maths properly. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole conversation. We ought to do a podcast on it one time, really, on on the school system and the impact it we has. We should. And, and, you know, yeah. the world that we live in now. And yeah. I always say most kids that have just started senior school this yeah. this term will leave to a job that don't even exist yet. Totally. And the thing is, I have a really conflicting views about school because 
as a responsible parent, I have to obviously do the thing, right? But school didn't really give me anything. The only thing I got from secondary school, I probably had a better life at, uh, in primary school, but in secondary school was just being learning to be confident around different kinds of people yeah. outside of my social class. Yeah. And that, that then helped me go in and be confident to say, uh, these poached eggs are bold. Can you, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but you know, but <laughs> I, I, I think the, the world now needs more than the school system teaches you. Right. Yeah, well, I think it needs something completely different, doesn't it? Because everything radical. it teaches you, you yeah. can just Google now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I was talking to a friend of mine. He is going to send his, he lives in uh, Oregon and he's going to send his kid to an outdoor school. Yeah. I've met a few outdoor school teachers and that, mate. Yeah. yeah. And like, it's, it's like, it really teaches them resilience because even when it's like freezing cold, they're going to be out there layered up and just doing stuff and, they sort of, you know, they, they look at f like, you know, they're taught to be curious. They'll be like, oh, okay, what's, what's this? It's a puddle. Okay, what can you see? What's, you know, and, and you really learn about life by doing it. I think so many people would go for that if they didn't feel that they were hooked into a system because there's no other system. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's the reality yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah. I do think, oh, I think change on that front will slowly start to come because I think the generation now will feel even, you know, the ones that are kids at school now, they'll feel even more strong about it in 15 years. I mean, it time. just takes courage to start changing things. Otherwise yeah. the system will just like, it'll just be sats and then there'll be a new version of that and there'll be a new version, but it takes courage to say, okay, we're gonna try and do something completely different. What fuels courage is money. Yeah. And if there's no money, then you can't be courageous because there's just no way to yeah, yeah, yeah. break up. So you got you got to do it with pilots. I think the problem is people try and do mass scale change, and you got to start with pilots. Yeah. Did you see Gary Neville talking about how he thinks GCSEs should be gone? No. And you shouldn't. He said your whole. He's right. Your whole life at school should not come down each lesson to one fucking test. Yeah. And how well are you performing that? Yeah. I mean, not that. It's, I don't know how it is when you leave school, but uh, nobody, uh, like, I, I've never been asked for my GCSEs anyway. No, of course not. But it, it matters in terms of recency, right? So GCSEs matter and to get to A-levels. A-levels matter to get you to university. And then so university, you mean they just matter to keep you in the system? In the system, exactly. And the thing is, it's, ju it's just a filtering system. It is a way to stop everyone going into adult education. It's yeah. a way to kind of... and. What well, it's different now because people are made to pay fees. But in the old days, like what, 20, 25, 30 years ago, it was all grants, right? So that it was a way to kind of filter people out. And that's why middle classes and upper middle classes were the ones that were going to university, right? Yeah. You didn't have as many. And then now it's more balanced, but then people are like saddling themselves with like- But you people know, are gonna start struggling with that, ain't they? Debt. The whole uni thing's gonna start. People are gonna start thinking, do I wanna get 25 grand debt now? Not start, they already are. I know, yeah, but and, I mean, and, if that's and, gonna grow. That's only gonna grow, isn't it? I mean, I would say, compared to all the friends I, not all, a lot of the friends I went to school with, um, who went and did degrees and all that sort of stuff, I've been more successful than they have. Yeah. Not oh. all, I mean, there's obviously right, one. All right, mate. I know, I'm just saying. No, 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 I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I didn't go to school with anyone that went to university. <laughs> Did no one get to uni from your school? Not the, no, it's always knocking about with, mate. Uh, Jail, maybe. Who's, 
the school of life. Who's been the most outside of you? Who's been the most successful one out of your uh, school? What the you have any famous alumni out of the school out of the whole school? Yeah, any famous alumni? N uh, no, man. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I would. I couldn't tell you what. Do most you know who went to my school? Who? M J Cole. Do you remember M J Cole? The what the garage? The garage guy. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Well, you've just said you were the most successful, so. Other than MJ Cole. MJ Cole. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, the, the lads I was knocking about with, again, mate, I couldn't really tell you uh, what most of them are doing, if I'm honest with you. Um, last question. <laughs> You've got, you're not allowed to answer no to this, neither. You have to say yes and then give me, give me one. Is there an animal that you think is sexy? <laughs> <laughs> I can't answer this. Right? Yes, you can, man. There must be an animal that you you know you look at and you think, oh yeah, <laughs> I'd go out with that. I'd take that out for some soft. Uh, so I had to think about this because I knew you weren't gonna let me say. Yeah, no. right. It came straight to you, but go on. I have a picture of her in my wallet. <laughs> uh, I'd say a cheetah. A cheetah. Okay. Yeah. I don't mind that. Yeah. Do you know why? Why? When I was a kid, we used to watch Thundercats. Right. And there was a sexy character called Cheetara. And she was like a very feminine cheetah type. Did you ever watch Thundercats? I, I don't remember the feminine cheetah in the... Cheetara. Cheetara. Yeah. That's the only <laughs> thing I could think of. It's a very hard question to That talk didn't about. take you long to get there. I don't care. You, Cheetara came straight in your head. Well, it, it, when you asked me the question... You were like, ah, fuck, has he seen my search I thought. <laughs> I thought about maybe a dolphin, but then that just feels a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Come on, man. Go on. A dolphin. A dolphin's not a bad shout. Yeah, you know, really, just sort it? of smooth <laughs> contours. <laughs> Mine is actually mine's similar to yours. Um, mine's a leopard. Oh, maybe I meant a leopard. No, a cheetah. Yeah. Lovely shoulder blades. A leopard's got. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They're but but they always look nice and um, firm in the firm and muscular, <laughs> and just very athletic. Yeah. Would you sleep with a cheetah? <laughs> I draw the line, man. I draw the line. Would you? Would you sleep with a jaguar? I said leopard. I know. I changed it. Okay. Uh, not with a jaguar, no. But with a leopard? Might do, yeah. What would you do? Would you spoon? <laughs> How, what would be your sleeping, like, arrangement? Well, I wouldn't switch sides of the bed with them after six months or whatever you've just done at home. <laughs> uh, look, you got to put the context in. I was just saying. Right, moving on. Let's go. <laughs> so, uh, the main... <coughs> before we start the main topic of conversation today, uh, we are very aware of the main topic in the media at the moment with what's gone on with Russell Brand. We discussed about whether today's episode should be about that. I've got a couple of things that I want to say. Is there, Do you want me to just say it or do you have, should I say it and then see if you want to add anything? I don't know what you're going to say, so you might as well say like it. A, this is like a statement that we're making. Right. Uh, so we, what we did discuss is um, there's a couple of things that I know to be true or that I believe to be true. The first one is that 
victims of sexual abuse, anybody that comes forward as a victim of sexual abuse should always be believed. I don't care how long after it happens, um, should they be believed. I don't care even if it was brought out of them uh, by, by, you know, a, a TV channel that wanted to make a documentary. If it's their truth and it's been brought out, they should be believed. And I also believe that um, people are innocent until proven guilty. I am fully aware that accusations can be made for a whole million and complex different reasons. And that is exactly why this whole thing should not even be in the media and should be in the court system. And that is why I think that summarizes for me why we've decided not to talk about it. Because yeah. we could bring opinions based on a documentary, um, but we don't know anywhere near the facts. We don't know any of that. And so I think for us to try and discuss it and pull it apart would be wrong for the, for everybody involved in it. Yeah. Fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we were saying how we just fundamentally don't think it's right to be uh, trialed by media yeah. and trialed by the court of public opinion. Yet in talking about it, we realise that we would have just we would be doing, be doing the, same the same. And it's when we say it's not fair, we're saying it's not fair on every single person that this yeah, impacts yeah, not and just involved. Yeah, exactly. Not yeah. just Russell Brand, yeah. but the people that have come forward, their families, people that have been affected by this that are nothing to do with. It's not fair on anybody. Yeah. This should and and the one thing I will say is the people that have brought these victims forward, if they really, really cared about them, they could have funded them to get the best lawyers and solicitors and allowed this to go through court behind closed doors and then done their documentary. Yeah, but uh, look, I think the other the other thing is, um, and this is probably going to lead us nicely onto the main topic, but there's also something to explore for us, maybe not around you know Russell Bands and what's going on specifically, but how you're sort of forced very quickly to have an opinion. Yeah. And it's it's either one or the other. You're either you're either a believer or you're not. You either support or you don't. You know, and and I think there's something interesting about how quickly you have to kind of have an opinion. On yeah. Stuff. And nail your fucking flag to the mast. Yeah. And you've got to pick one. And if you have any kind of inkling of a thought for the opposing side to the one that you've picked, then you should have picked the other side and you're shot down in flames yeah but also the way i think the way that social media works is the minute you start to like so the way the algorithm works is the minute you start to linger a little bit on the content that seems to veer towards your point of view that's what you're fed yeah and so you just you're constantly re your narrative and your opinion is constantly reinforced by other people saying the same yeah, thing man. yeah so it's a it's a it's a really you know, it's an interesting, you know, time. And I think maybe down the line we'll talk about that in more depth, but we yeah. wanted to we wanted to purposely steer clear of it today. Yeah. Um, but what we are going to talk about in the sort of 20 minutes or so that we have got is, um, I know it's a little bit of an old story, but, but it sort of, I think, raises a really good conversation and one where, that I think is nuanced that I want to try and get into. Um, Henderson, Jordan Henderson, has left to go and play, to go and play football in Saudi Arabia to be paid by Saudi Arabia over there um, a hell of a lot of money. He's left Liverpool Football Club and gone over there and there has been quite a big bit of uproar for him going over there. Has, how do you feel? How do I broadly, feel? How do you feel broadly about, about Hen? I know that's a big question. 
but summarise your feelings on Henderson. From a non-football context, right? Just on Henderson, the man, the person, the human being, going to uh, Saudi Arabia. How do you feel about it? You know, how do I feel? So also everyone, well, regular listeners should know that I'm a Liverpool fan as well. So um, there's a little bit of extra context. Um, I, I was always a fan of Jordan Henderson, as you know, and um, I think like some of the stuff that he seemed to stand up for over the last few years, I thought he, you know, he really exemplified sort of leadership on, on many fronts. I was disappointed when he, when I heard he was leaving because I just, I, I knew it would kind of leave a hole in our club. But also, um, it felt like, to me, you know, picking up the media, it was all just about money, right? And then, um, because he's been reportedly offered 700,000 a week, which is an obscene amount of money, right? For yeah. somebody who's not, who's football, Shit. football skills are waning. Um, but ultimately, I, uh, I also would say that, you know, everyone has their own right to make the decisions that they feel they need to make. Yeah. Right? So we can all have an uh, opinion, particularly we feel that we can have an opinion on, on people who are in the public eye. But if he felt that he wanted to take that job and it was offered and he wants to do it. Yeah, don't, that's a very diplomatic, I don't want a diplomatic answer. Oh, what do you want? I want a fucking what does you what do you think? We are all judged by our decisions and the and, and and the things that we do in our life ultimately. Yeah. Everybody that you know, you judge the people in your life. Uh, you know, we can say that we're judgment free, but you're not friends with everyone. What do you think it says about him as a human being? Th to be clear of the context, right? Before we actually break it down a bit a little bit further, <clears throat> um he came out as quite a big ally to the LGBTQ plus community, right? He came out as quite a big ally to that, um, stood up for them and, and made a bit of a stand in, in a number of different ways for them as a community. How did he do that? Do you remember? Uh, he did it. He came out and said a lot. There's, I should have Googled what he actually said, but he actually came out and publicly um, declared a few things, particularly when the he used to like wear the like the laces and the armbands and the armband, and he said a few things and about um, about uh, Dubai when he was when the World Cup was going to be over there. He said right. a few things about right. humanitarian issues, right, 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 and all that over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think there was a, a Liverpool fan who who tweeted that you know it was it's been a, it, you know coming out was very difficult for him, but Liverpool was always something that gave him. Yeah. joy and connection and he yeah. retweeted and, and commented on that. So um, <coughs> um, you, I'm not sitting on the fence. Like I, I, I was, I was asked, no, no, no. I was, I was, I was answering the question. You asked me how I feel. And I'm, I'm like, if you want to, if you want to do that, that's up to you. That, if you want to go and. Um, yeah, everyone. So if you want to like, murder someone, it's up to you. My point is, what, what does it make you think about him? What do you think it, what's the measure of the man as a result? I think his values seemed to be 
only like only appropriate for him when it made sense, right? Yeah. And when it came to a hierarchy of value, right? Money came out on top. Is that the only reason, right? So to speak from uh, Jordan Henderson's corner now a bit more, uh, does he have any defense in that? Could he say, well, look, I'm only going over there you know, I'm just going over there to take... Yeah, I mean, he didn't say this. He come out and said it weren't just about the money. I wanted to make an impact and grow the sport or whatever. But could he not... Is there a defence? And I'm asking. I haven't given I'm yet to give an opinion on it. I will in a sec. But um, could he have a point in saying, well, look, I, I still stand for all of those things. I'm just... All of all money's dirty in the end, isn't it? He could. Yeah, he could. Yeah. He could. I think. Um, I think that if I'm being objective, right, you could say that it was true at the time of doing it, right, and it, you could also say that it hasn't. His opinions haven't changed, but the opportunity was too great that he had to. He had to go and do it. Yeah. Right. So he is probably genuinely. I believe this. He's probably no less supportive of the rights of LGBTQ plus people. But what he's being measured against is, well, you're, you're not really an, a true ally if at the first sign of challenge on being an ally, you actually go, oh, okay, I'm just gonna go and do that. Yeah. Right? So I think it's valid that people are questioning him. And the the problem is, is, is it's an obscene amount of money, and that's what's completely and um, also skewed it, right? Also, right for me. And uh, look, even as we're talking, my opinion is actually ch changing a little bit. Okay. Uh, my original thought is: look, once you've said all them things that you've said, you know, you didn't know this big money offer was going to come when you said them all. But once yeah. you've said them all, you can't really take the big money offer, right? Right. Because it just it devalues what you've said, right? You have to you have to stand in your power. Um, and you have to go, you know what? You know, this isn't, by the way, this isn't a poor man who was offered life-changing money. Yeah, it will be life-changing money, but I mean, he he would have been on over a hundred thousand pound a week yeah. at Liverpool, yeah? So, 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 like, it's, you know, it's not, he's not gone from poor to rich. For me, I feel like he should have, he should have thought, you know, he should have said, I've said all this stuff, I can't go. Right, if if he's a man of his word, and he wants to be somebody that stands by what he says, um, I think it's a relatively short-termist view he took. Right, I think, I think, say someone like uh, look, look at Gary Lineker. Right, like Gary Lineker has sort of transcended the sport. Yeah. Right, like he he stands for stuff. He's vocal. He champions things. He's he's a uh, a TV, a media personality, and even Gary Neville, right? Like, and I think, like after this, and it is an obscene amount of money. But what's money at the end of it? It's a black hole, right? Like it's a black yeah, hole yeah, yeah, like, yeah. of joy, isn't it? Right? You get you how much? How many houses can you have, right? Yeah. Now a lot of people are talking about generational wealth. Like he's he would have been wealthy, but this potentially creates generational wealth to pass down, right? But like, there's no valid. There's no validation. There's no like continual joy out of money. Yeah. And like, and he's done, 
now. He's done. Like this, this uh, he could have been a real champion of causes and uh, like somebody that people look up to. And I think that's done. I think that's over. So it's, the, the the conversation that I want, the, the way that I wanted to steer the conversation a little bit is around allyship. Yeah. Right. We talk. It's allyship has become huge in the last few years, particularly like in the corporate space. I do think sometimes it can get banded about by people that don't really know what it means, but uh, much like anything, and this isn't a slant on the term itself, but it's much like any term that gets created, it then sort of gets picked up and used and abused. And I think you get a lot of idiots that throw these words around just to make them seem like they're coming from the space of the people that would use that term. Does that make yeah. sense what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, but where does allyship stop? Now, what I mean by that is I did a bit of digging and a bit of research, and uh, we supply arms to Saudi Arabia, our government do. Yeah. So, and this is probably true, does that mean any Tory voter, uh, Labour probably, it was probably happening when Labour were in it, <coughs> right? So, so we're all sort of part of that. But if I can give you another level, uh, and for context, I'll, I'll build context on it. Would it have been the same if he had gone to Newcastle? And for people that are listening that don't know about football, Newcastle are a Saudi-owned football club. So is that just as bad if he had gone there? Or is it not quite as bad? Or where do, where do you draw the line here? It's an interesting... If he hadn't have gone there, but he'd stayed mates with Steven Gerrard, who's gone over there, yeah. and Gerrard had invited him over for his birthday and yeah. said, come over to Saudi and be at my birthday for a bit. Yeah. Like... Like just visiting the country. Just visiting the country yeah. and enjoying what the country gives him when he's there. Like, where, like, can you go to the country for a holiday and be an ally? Probably not, to be a true ally. Right. Right. If it, so the thing about allyship is that it's often, and this is the challenge, it's often seen as very performative. Yeah. So it is now, it now feels like his allyship was totally performative. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so many people do performative allyship because, hey, it gets likes on social media and you're doing what your company should be doing. There's a lot of it on LinkedIn. There's a lot of it on LinkedIn, exactly. Yeah. So, um, and the point of, say, people that are oppressed is that they cannot be free in many of these countries, right? Yeah. What's, um, what I, th I was looking at something, there's, there's something called an equality an equality index where all right. countries are measured against certain criteria. And Saudi Arabia came out of an index score of about 12, right? And the highest ones like Iceland on 89 or something. And what like were that. we on, UK? I didn't 13? check actually, I, I double check. Yeah. But Russia was 15. Right. And then there's some crazy countries that like, you know, below that, but there's a there's a quite a swathe. And Egypt is, I think, so Egypt's like 15 or something like that, or 14. Right. I think the I think some Middle Eastern countries definitely get um they just they're just e they're easy to point to but yeah. like Russia a lot of people go to Russia a lot of people do business in Russia um so just to p pick out one individual I think is it it stops you from having the wider conversation around how much the countries that we live in benefit and actually we should be pointing to the government and looking at what they're doing versus like just zoning in on an individual who's basically going, okay, like 
in the scheme of things, it doesn't matter what Jordan Henderson does or doesn't do. It's about like what what's the bigger narrative around rights and opportunities. But sorry, I, I've sort of veered off. To be a true ally, that really does m mean that at the point of conflict, at the point of friction, where you're going to be, un you are going to be uncomfortable. You have to keep going and you're gonna feel really uncomfortable. So when you have to call somebody out and there could be an impact on your business, on your social standing, you're like, I'm okay with that because that's what true allyship is. And if you ask anybody that's kind of suffered from oppression, the thing that gets really exhausting is like people can say all this stuff, yeah, we're here, we're with you, we're one. But the minute that it, it, it requires cons consistent and sustained effort, People fuck off. Yeah. Right? So if you look at like um, Black Lives Matter, that we 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 were very very active, right? In in the conversation, we saw lots of people going right. This is it. This is changing. And it's just gone, right? Mm. And that's 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 what you, you see so much performative allyship. And so I think Jordan Henderson was doing performative allyship because if he was a true ally, he would have said, "I can't go and work there." My my my. My values around this are too strong. I can't go and work there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting question you said about whether, um, you know, if he'd have gone to Man City or if he'd have gone to Newcastle. Yeah. I don't think he would have had the same reaction, but it's exactly the same thing. Well, it is exactly the same thing, yeah. The reason he's been... Well, what, why it isn't maybe different is because in those countries... Uh, the maximum penalty for being gay could be death. And yeah. they often use torture and things like that. Whereas that wouldn't happen if he'd gone to say Man City or to Newcastle. But the owners are the same. Yeah, yeah, it's still led by the same. And it's it's almost like it's a step down, isn't it? In the tier of yeah. that- Palatability, yeah. Of palatability. Yeah. Let me ask you straight, would you, if a, uh, a company came to you and said, from Saudi and said, will you come in and do some work for us, would you go? I wouldn't, know. If it, if they offered you 10 million no. months work? No, because I, I, for me, I just, I don't, uh, it, it just does not, um, it's just so jarring to, to, my, to my code. Like, you know, and you know, I, I was, raised in a Muslim household. Um, so in many ways, like, it, it could be quite easy for me to go in and assimilate. What about there. Dubai? No, I, don't, I have no interest. You wouldn't work in Dubai? No. Five million for a week's work? Um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, like five million for a week's work. Of course In I Dubai would. you would? Of course I would. Saudi? Five million for a week's work? Yeah. I realize I'm on the air here, right? And, <laughs> and but this the, the, no, 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 no. Listen, no. This listen is what we're about yeah. Listen, like it's it's it would be hard to turn down five million for a, uh, a week's work. Yeah. But here's the thing: I'm not justifying it, but I don't have Jordan Henderson's existing wealth. Yeah, it would be a different five, question. Five million is because now. If you actually, said to me, a better question would be twenty grand, wouldn't it? I wouldn't do it because because th that would be more relative. Yeah. yeah. Because that would be similar relativity to yeah. what he's been offered. I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. Now, so but there people, is a price. People, people but there listen, is a price. There is a price. People will listen and go, well, 
uh, your, your, you don't, yeah, your values don't hold true. But it is an obscene amount of money to, to consider five million. And I've got to think, well, would I do a week's work? This what would you do? Yeah, no, 100%, five million, yeah. Like, I, I don't have to think about it. Um, and this is where I defend Henderson a little bit. Um, and actually, I guess I, I, I'm, I'm pretty hypocritical in what I'm saying because if I'm being dead truthful, I'm thinking, you shouldn't have said that shit that you said publicly, mate, and you'd have been all right, like everyone else has gone over there. They got a little bit of stick, but not much, because they haven't come out and yeah. did the performative piece. Yeah. So I think he's a dick for doing the performative piece. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he really, but do you think he felt it at the time? What, do I think it felt? No, I think it was probably true to him at the time. But this is what I think, yeah? If you're getting five million to go and do work over there, like, um, in my head, I'd think, yeah, but I still don't buy into their values or shit. Like, like I don't buy into their values. They're giving me five million to go and do, in my yeah. case, what would be some resilience work. Yeah. So I'd be like, like, it doesn't, that doesn't mean I'm buying, like, I'll do everything I can yeah. for them, any community. Yeah. I'd like, I worry I with the allyship thing, or my thing with the allyship thing is, right, when you think of every single marginalized community that exists, I just don't believe it's even possible to be an amazing ally for all of them all of the time. But you're not, you, you don't necessarily have to be an ally for all of them all of the time. What, just the ones you pick well, if in you the pick moment? It, yeah, no, no. But no, if you pick something and you're like really strongly, like I am an ally of these people or this cause, that's it. Yeah, you're but I could, if I reeled off a load of causes to you now, you wouldn't say I'm not an ally to them, would you? That's, that's the point I'm making. If I went, I don't know, people with disability, you're not going to go, nah, not massively keen on allying them, right? Yeah. I'd say, no, I'd, I'd like to be an ally. Yeah, but, 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 but that's, that's the thing about the word, because just because you are mildly supportive of uh, them having a better life isn't the same as being an ally. An ally is proactive. It is, is doing stuff. It isn't just sitting so on the fence. Am I, am I an ally of people with brown skin? Well, how do you like? How do you how do you how do you want to question that? Like, well, I don't know. Do you think I'm an ally? Like, is it, I don't. I think it's, you're my mate. It's not the same thing as being an ally. And I care about you, and I wouldn't want you or anybody like you it's to not feel really an that ally when you talked about. So I'm not an ally to him. That's a genuine not, not question. Ju not just this based is on that. I think sometimes the terminology just gets a bit like. I'd back you if I worked at the same company for you, and I felt like you'd been mistreated because you were brown. I'd fucking back you to the. That's an ally. That's allyship. That is that is kind of what. But then, say you were gay. Yeah. I'd still and I'd, I'd do it because you're gay, right? I fucking wouldn't want no one to treat you badly because of that. That's, I'd back you to the hill. That's a, I'd that's, stand firm. That's I'd risk my job. Yeah. But if Saudi offered it's me five million for a week, I'd go over there, mate. Yeah. And I'd say to you, I'll fucking give you a, a million when I get back if you want. But it doesn't mean I feel any different about it. That's I, where yeah, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And that's where I think it's like. This is what this is. It's multi-layered. Yeah, and it's new, and there's nuance in it. And this is what I think happens when you look on. I'm aware of time. We're going to wrap up. Um, this is where I think what happens on social media, not just LinkedIn, but particularly LinkedIn, with words like this, is they get polarized, and people just throw them. They get weaponized. That's what happens, and then people just throw this word about all of the time. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. Has this really got anything? Like the Jordan Henderson thing, really, in the end, him going to 
Has it really, and I started off by saying I think he's a dick and he shouldn't have gone. Has it really got anything to do with it? No. Has it really? Like, does it really mean he's not an ally? Does it really mean he don't care? Well, you know, the other thing I is, just talked about with you. Yeah. Does it, if he went and worked, you know, somewhere and he felt like somebody was being mistreated because they were gay, would he back down? Like, I, I don't think it changes that. I don't think so either. And what what will be interesting though is that the environment dictates will dictate. So where he was vocal and spoke about it, he won't be able to. He won't do that now. That'll be interesting. Well, Willie, 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 risk it. And, and the other thing is, the other it. thing that's will he really wear his rainbow laces? Probably not. No. The other thing that's really interesting is everyone jumped to condemnation, straight to condemnation. And there's not, and this is kind of speaking to what we were saying before, you jump to like, right, he's a, he's a wanker or he's not a wanker, right? Yeah. Or I can understand what he's doing or I don't, right? Yeah. But actually curiosity, I think is, is, it's getting kind of, you know, we're not, we're just not curious anymore. So why don't, why, why don't we say, well, listen, Jordan Henderson, you've, you're taking this job, you've been this, how, are you going to continue yeah. to champion no, I think you're this? Right. And uh, look, we're going to finish here because of time. But I do think that um, it comes back to what we started saying about the Russell Brand thing, right? Which is actually, let's have a proper conversation about stuff. He did get the opportunity. He did do a video. And when he came out and done the, vi the video that he did was shit. Jordan? Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen it. He okay. came out and he said, I'm not going for the money. It's not uh, actually 700 grand. It's a lot less than oh, that. Oh, that, the interview? Like, yeah, like that as a relevance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, didn't no, no. go and say, I'm fucking stamped. Yeah, no, no, but that was, that, was still, that was still like interviewing him on why did he make the decision. Yeah, but, but that I'm was his opportunity, innit? And he fucking didn't do it. Yeah, but I, that's the thing. I would I would like a more proactive conversation. I wouldn't, because I think that's he's this. a dick. I would never like to sit down with Jordan Henderson. You take his money, though. He's shit as well. Um, has this has been... A, Perfect conversation around the Jordan Henderson thing, I think. Uh, and this is what we're all about. And there's way more to come in the coming weeks. Good to be back, mate. Good to be back, man. Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kai.